Hello, hello, Crestfallens. Evan Gulak here. We thought we'd share some very special bonus content, previously only available on our Patreon. What you're about to hear is the full story of The Lonely Astronaut by Robert Jameson. As you may recall, The Lonely Astronaut by Robert Jameson is a children's book from Crestfall, featured in our second episode, Lillian Died. This has kind of a funny story behind it. I originally only wrote the small excerpt that you hear in the show. But then, we got George Czar to record the narration, courtesy of Nico's brilliant casting skills. George Czar is an audio drama producer, a voice actor with a smooth-as-butter voice, and a professor at Columbia College Chicago. If you haven't heard his audio drama, Hoofbeats in My Heart, please go do that. It's hilarious. We figured if we were going to have him in the booth the next day, we might as well have a full children's book for him to read. So I spent a late night and a commute ride into Chicago furiously writing the story you're about to hear, Nico and I editing it with a mad look in her eyes until the moment George walked into the room. And then, of course, he knocked it out of the park. Thank you all for your continued support. We promise there will be an update on Season 2 soon. You may hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then it'll be on to the show. Without further ado, Death by Dying proudly presents The Lonely Astronaut by Robert Jameson. The Lonely Astronaut by Robert Jameson. There was a lonely astronaut wandering across the universe, twirling, hurling, whirling through a swirling nebula, tumbling, stumbling, fumbling through endless, endless space. All the space dust seemed so blue, but perhaps that was because he was feeling so blue. The lonely astronaut wasn't always so lonely. He once had a friend. Together, they were searching for the brightest star. They heard of the legends when they were just young boys, and one day set out to find it. As the stories went, the brightest star was the greatest hidden treasure in all of outer space. If discovered, it would be like striking gold. The lonely astronaut could hardly contain his excitement. Nothing could make him happier than finding the brightest star. Or so he thought. The lonely astronaut, before he was lonely, was starting to give up on locating the star. His friend never wanted to see his best buddy sad, and so he set out on his own to bring the brightest star back to cheer him up. And that is when the lonely astronaut, now that he was lonely, realized that his friend was far more important to him than any star in the galaxy. Uh, the trouble was, now that his friend was gone, he couldn't find him anywhere. Nothing from the planets. Nothing from the space junk. Nothing from the astrobleam of a fallen meteor. The lonely astronaut searched and searched and searched, and would never truly stop searching, because the hope of finding his friend, his, his dearest friend, was what made those distant stars in the sky shine just a little brighter.
as long as he had hope. And as long as he knew his friend was out there somewhere, it seemed as though every star was the brightest star. The first planet the lonely astronaut visited was almost nothing but a vast sea. The tides washed upon a tiny shore like dreamers rolling over in their sleep. On the tiny shore was a tiny mite who was trying with all his might to grow into something bigger. Do not fret, the mite said. I have found that the end is not as precious as the adventure on the way. I may be small, and one day I will be bigger. But the growing is what matters. I am not there, and one day I will be there. And in the meantime, it is important to value the getting there. May I join you on the getting there? And so the mite joined the lonely astronaut on his search for his lost friend. The second planet they visited was almost nothing but a vast desert. The sands spun in the air, dancing with an invisible wind. At the center of the desert was a giant pool of the coolest water. From the water emerged a serpentine beast with shiny scales that sparkled in the searing sun. My heart is as large as I am, she said. It would make me the happiest beast alive if I could help you on your journey. And so the serpentine beast joined the lonely astronaut on his search for his lost friend. The third planet was almost nothing but a vast city, hustling, bustling, fussling. The city was packed with busy brutes known as the Grumblers. They were tall, gray, and hairy. They thumped along with enormous feet as they thumped along down the street. In the midst of the noisy city was a single quiet place. It was an oasis of trees and flowers and softly twiddling birds. In the quiet place, there was a grumbler who was not like the rest. He was not tall. He was rather stout. He was not gray. He was rather bright and pink. He was still rather hairy, though. Day in and day out, I am surrounded by grumblers, he said. They are grumpy and gruff and don't appreciate the joy that can be found in life. May I assist you in bringing joy back to your life? And so the grumbler, who was not so grumbly after all, joined the lonely astronaut on his search to find his lost friend. Might, Serpentine Beast, and Grumbler traversed every terrain, endured every storm, turned every stone, so the lonely astronaut didn't have to be so alone. They were about to give up, but the lonely astronaut was determined. This isn't like the brightest star, he said. We will find my friend, no matter how long it takes, because I care about him. Just then, they spotted a speck in the distance. It was a blip that became a larger blip that became a rocket ship. It was the lonely astronaut's friend. They boarded the ship. I'm so sorry, his friend said. I wanted to make you happy, but I never could find the brightest star. The lonely astronaut looked out into space. He looked at the mite the Serpentine Beast, and the Grumbler. He looked at his friend. He smiled.
No star in the galaxy could make me happier than you. The brightest star doesn't matter. Not as much as our friendship. Let's go home. The friend smiled back. Thank you, he said. I feel the same. But now I feel rather silly. I, I feel like a fool. I feel alone. We can fix that, the lonely astronaut said. I am here now. And as luck would have it, we have a mite, a serpentine beast, and a grumbler. Not only had he found his friend, but he realized he had made even more friends along the way. At long last, the lonely astronaut wasn't lonely anymore. 'Twirling, hurling, whirling through the swirling blue. But perhaps we will learn a thing or two about ourselves as we go along. Fumbling, stumbling, tumbling through life. But maybe that's humbling. And our bumbling will turn out all right. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom. Who wants to read my 5,000 word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kiss? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.